Anyway, hello. Nice to be comfortable. No, I don't want the money now. It's no good two weeks on trying to fob me off with a, with a pow. What, what's that? It's 10, 13p. Do you know how much that cost? That was one of those luxury Toblerones as well. I've got 20 pps. Can you Small... for 20 pps? Oh, goodness sake. It's just hopeless, isn't it? Was it? Out of the goodness of my heart, I brought you a Mars bar today. Did you? Yes. You're not having it. Because I've licked all the chocolate off. I've just, I've just left you with the bit in the middle. <laughs> which isn't as exciting. Anyway, Christo's back tomorrow. I'm with you after the news, which is next. Brace yourselves. Morning, team. There you go. Have you cleared? Have you, what's that? What's that there? Have you had a how low? Oh, it was Anthony's. Is that, oh, right. Have you done that? Oh, oh Anthony had it last night. Of course, I tend to forget where he is, actually. I don't know. You don't see somebody for two days. Have you got everything? I've got everything. You sure? You know what you like for forgetting things. Have you got your Mars bar? Oh, no, I won't take one. You sure? Yeah, I did bring the packet down. No. And you can have one of these because all these are there's only a Mars bar. Look, look at that. Look at that. Chocolate. Yeah, I know. That is the awful. Amanda said I need to sort of lock the cupboard to stop you getting at it. You don't always. No, do. Half of it was vanishing over a year. I thought we had pixies in the no, cupboard. No, honestly, I, I said, who's eating you. the Toblerone? She said, well, I don't know. I said, well, look, there's one less. No, that's why I leave you a note if I do. Well, only last time and hardly considered a note. I passed it to the police. <laughs> it's got your <laughs> writing on it in a picture. <laughs> you sure you don't want that? that picture, no, you have it. You sure? Yeah, positive. There's another two in here. There's another two in here. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, but he'll take a Toblerone tomorrow. I know what he'll do. Bye. Bye. See you. Thinking of being you for Halloween. There he goes. Anyway, nice to have you company. This morning, the great insurance scandal. And I only say scandal because, frankly, I'm as dumb as it comes uh, when you have to go out and buy your insurance. And uh, as you know, if you listen to the programme on Sunday, I was telling you about how my insurance quote came through. And I was convinced it was more expensive than last year. So I'll tell you how we got on with that one a little bit later on. Plus, of course, we've got uh, all your texts and emails. And Roger Foss has gone away for a few days. And uh, he's actually going to be going to the Queen's in Hornchurch, strangely enough, next, year, next week. So he'll be reviewing that for us. We'll have a chat to Darren a little bit later on. Alan Dodgen is recovering from a very hectic weekend. And the coffee machine's not working. So, so there's our morning, as they say. And the other bad news is, guess who's going back into the Big Brother house? Uh, 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 uh. Vanessa Feltz, old fatty's going back in the house. For what reason? They're apparently coming up because the other day, Princess Tippy Toes walked in. Anthea, oh, gosh, you're so awful, Turner. And um, she was pushing a trolley through to give them breakfast. Now, if I'd been in the Big Brother house, I'd have gone, what, Anthea Turner? Go away! Mad woman. She's just, I just don't like her. She's just plastic. Actually, strange enough, this morning I was watching her interview Matt Goss. I was going back through, uh, through YouTube. Her interviews were so false. Hello. And then she sat there with her arms folded. And somebody always told me, she did Blue Peter. Yeah, she was bloody awful on Blue Peter. She was even worse on GMTV. Eamon Holmes, about the only decent thing he's ever said, called her Princess Tippy Toes. Because she was just yuck. And she sat there doing an interview with Matt Goss. I mean, you know, two drearies together. With her arms folded. Now, somebody always told me body language means arms folded. Not really that interested. That's what it means. I... It's a closed position. It's a, you know, normally arms open and embrace the situation. Arms closed, go away. You know, that kind of thing. And she just looked bored out of her mind, but doing this fake... She, she does fake 
fake bonhomie. Hello, love you, love you. Gosh, you're good. A little bit Lorraine Kelly, although she's sort of toned it down a little bit. Not much, but she's toned it down a little bit, which is good news, isn't it? And uh, Simon Cowell has jetted back in after the scandal on the X Factor, the scandal that I told you about ages ago. I mean, when it first started, I told you about auto-tune. You can check back in programmes and you'll discover, again, we were right. Uh, he apparently uh, says he's shocked. Well, you know, call me dumb and stupid, but it's Simon's programme. And Simon, let me tell you, is hands-on. He, nobody breathes on that programme without Simon. He must know that they've got the piece of equipment. You would see it. You'd be going, what's that? Oh, it's an auto-tune. OK, right, moving on. So we've got... Danny, I tell you, it's boring though. Jerry Halliwell. Oh, she doesn't shut up about herself. Oh, yeah, because I brought out a fitness video. Shut up, you stupid little show off. Why do people have to show off about their silly things all the time? Anyway, so, and then it turns out that the woman who's in X Factor called uh, Shalina Johnson, she's mentally ill. She's got a mental illness. She's just been kicked off Miss. GB because she's too old and now it turns out that she's hiding a mental illness so they're saying she's quite fragile you shouldn't really put somebody through who's hiding a mental illness but the trouble is they're all out there you know that nobody knows when you turn up for an, for an audition do they what your your history you don't stand there and go hello my name's Steve Allen I'm a diabetic you don't do that you just say hello my I would probably do that actually yes ever since I discovered that you can kill people with insulin and I only discovered this yesterday, and it was an autopsy that came up. And I was reading this book, and they, they were saying to the uh, the person from the autopsy department, you know, and, um, yeah, the, the autopsy department thing, and they, they were saying, so this, this, this woman hanged herself. And they go, yes. And the coroner said, well, do you not think it was unusual she was naked? And they went, well, not really, you know. There's a, there's just whether you've got clothes on or off doesn't make any difference if you hang yourself. This was a real, real case. And then they said, well, did you check for insulin? in the body. And they went, well, no, we didn't, because it disperses in the bloodstream. It's all very complicated. Disperses in the bloodstream. And so you remember there was a case a short while ago of a nurse in an old people's home who was giving old people shots of insulin, which kills them, because if you're not, if you don't need insulin, having it will, will kill you. And what you've got to look for is between the toes to see if there's a puncture mark. So they had a look between the toes to see if there was a puncture mark, and it turned out there was. Somebody had injected her with insulin. She'd, she'd gone into a, you know, a sort of like a coma-type thing, and then they'd hanged her while she was under. So it made it look as though she'd actually done it. But you have to look for things like... And I suddenly realised, good God, I'm a potential time bomb. I've got enough insulin to kill a family with me. I've only got two, two pens, but it's enough. And you sort of... It, it never kind of crossed my mind before. I suddenly thought, good Lord. I'm, if, if somebody comes up to me, you know, in Leicester Square and goes, give me your money, I'll say, hang on a minute, let me just put, put my needle on the end of my insulin, you know. I've, I've got a deadly weapon. Go away! I've got insulin! And they'll all be going, oh. Actually, I was talking... <laughs> oh, so they wonder what it is. They look at me going, what, what have you got there, mate? Okay, it's insulin. Yeah, right. It is so. Come any nearer and I'll stab you with an eight millimetre needle. <laughs> they go, oh, run for your lives. Flee for the hills. Oh, dear. Other stories. I, I will tell you the story about the uh, about the insurance. Only because I think it's a hard and fast rule and you should do it. I did like the jokes which, which Christo read out. Some of them were good. Emo Phillips was very bizarre. I interviewed him once. God, I'll tell you. 
he talked about his girlfriend, and he always talked like this. Most people, I don't even know what happened to him, actually. I really don't. I picked up a hitchhiker. You gotta when you hit them. And that kind of stuff. And it was all... It, it was, he was very surreal and bizarre. I forget what his girlfriend's name was. His girlfriend was a comedian as well. And then as I was going through the paper yesterday, good luck, Matt Goss uh, is appearing at the Royal Albert Hall. Blimey. Luckily, seat's still available at all prices. And... Because uh, Cliff's doing a week there. Matt Goss is doing a, a night. Tickets up to £37.50. And they say here he's bringing his sell-out Las Vegas show to London. Let's get it in, in context... His sell-out Las Vegas show is about 200 people. He only works, I think, three nights a week. He's not every night of the week. And he's on Cleopatra's barge at Caesar's Palace. He's not in the main room. He's not a headline. He's what they call a lounge act. In other words, you have people that sort of wander in and, you know, we've got a few sort of girlies waving their little bosoms everywhere and a few feathers. It's not really a Vegas show. And what he's not, he's not doing any of the pop stuff. He does all the classics. Come fly with me. J. Louise would go to Vegas to see him. You don't need to. He's coming to the Royal Albert Hall. Tickets are on sale at all prices. The LA Times called him the hottest Vegas act. I love the idea. His sell-out Las Vegas show to London. Like, you imagine there's going to be cases full of feathers and glitter. And a... No. It's going to be him wearing a silly hat. Because this is to his trademark. Yes, perhaps I should... Yes, perhaps I should... I'll tell you what I'll do. When I go to Vegas later in the year, I'll go and see him. Shall I go and see him? And I'll, I'll video the act. And uh, Because he's playing in, uh, in this, the little lounge bar... And it doesn't fill up all the time. You, have, you buy tickets for it, but it's, it's generally speaking, if you read the reviews of it, um, it's sort of old men who go there to ogle sort of girls who are not wearing very much in Las Vegas. <sighs> That's the best way I can describe it to you. And, um, and it, it probably does very well for that, but he's not a headline act at all. I love the way his sell-out Las Vegas show. He doesn't even do every night of the week. At least I do every morning. At least I do every morning. Nice of Carphone Warehouse to write to me. They say, um, you know, had your new phone for a while now. Hope you're enjoying using it. And, um, and it was. Charles Dunstan wrote to me personally. Yeah, right. Well, he signed it. A little bit exciting. Um, and, uh, and they've got a helpline number which they sent me. Still to come, the insurance. You should really check the uh, out insurance. I'll tell you why a little bit later on. Uh, and also in the paper stand. Now, which paper did I pick up first? I think I must have picked up the mirror today because there are all sorts of things. There's an old age pensioner who was stopped by police at a shopping centre. £80,000 in cash stuffed into a hold all. The police have just received or retrieved from his uh, freezer at home £739,000. He's a, he's a drug dealer. He's 70. It's a shame, really, Peter, because you can't take it with you, can you? But uh, they've now got it, and you don't have it. So that's that. Other story in the paper today. It's, uh, why did I... Oh, yes, Robbie Williams is crazy over the moon. He went on honeymoon before he got married. Apparently he's so romantic. He's balmy as a brush. Balmy as a brush. He, he booked into um, um, a place in Dea in Mallorca, £1,040 a night. So, in other words, not even a very expensive place. Because if you go to, uh, is it Necker, which is uh, Branson's Island, it's something like £20,000 a week. £30,000 a week. It's, it's, for, it's for, for seriously rich people, people who want to go away. And you've got a whole island. You know, it's like being Robinson Crusoe. You've got a whole island, you've got staff, and they cook and clean, and everything's done for you. And people pay £30,000 £30, a week is cheap. 
for that kind of stuff. So all Robbie's spending, you know, £1,000 a night, probably from Stoke-on-Trent, he probably works that out as being about, like, 1,500 travel lodges. You know, it's, like, really a lot of money, a lot of money. And I didn't realise, as well, that Alex Ferguson won't call off his protest against the BBC, even if he's fined thousands. Apparently, he's got a bit of a contretemps going with them. Ever since, they did a, a documentary about his son, Jason, in 2004. These queenie tantrums, these people in football have, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. Honestly, where will it all end? Why can't they just kiss and make up like everybody else? But, uh, oh, yes, as I say, guess who's going back into Big Brother? Vanessa Feltz. Obviously, the, uh, the book a little bit empty at the moment, so uh, she's decided she needed to take the job. Perhaps she'll stay there with a bit of luck. She was the one who said people shouldn't do reality shows. But obviously, the lure of the, uh, of the filthy bits of gold, eh, uh, Vanessa? Bit too, uh, lure, bit too alluring, I suppose. 16 past five. These are the headlines. Thousands of teenagers across London get their GCSE results later. But again, there are concerns youngsters are being taught to pass tests rather than learn skills. Golfer Tiger Woods and his wife of six years have divorced. It comes nine months after he revealed he'd been unfaithful. Ellen Nodragan could get £64 million in the divorce settlement. And Sir Richard Branson will try and set two world records later. He's planning to kiteboard across the channel to celebrate his 60th birthday. Check on the uh, roads for you this morning. Jay Louise. Thank you. Oh, nearly got around to tell you my story. Anyway, still to come, uh, why you should really check on the internet when you renew your insurance. Don't just take their word for it, as I discovered yesterday. So I'll tell you that one in a moment. And there's a lady... Oh, nasty piece of work, this one. Uh, she's out the other day. She's in Coventry. And um, she's uh, caught on CCTV. She's walking down the road. She's middle-aged. She's grey-haired. And she's got glasses. She's very identifiable. And so by tomorrow morning, we will know who this woman is. She's evil. She's pictured uh, stroking a cat on a wall. Like, la, 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 like that. Then she picks it up by the scruff of the neck, opens a wheelie bin and drops it in and closes the lid. The cat stays there for 15 hours. She throws the cat in. The owner of it, who is uh, Daryl and his wife Stephanie, heard the cries for help the following morning. Luckily, this woman, as I say, is pictured. She's, uh, she's almost looked at the CCTV without realising that it is CCTV because she's a bit thick. But she's picked up the cat and thrown it in the bin. Now, she will be prosecuted for this. And, in fact, the... Uh, a police spokesman said, we'll support the RSPCA investigation and currently collecting CCTV. Now, she'll be named and shamed by tomorrow morning. They'll have this woman and she'll be hung, drawn and quartered. Because if there's one thing that makes you look very stupid, and this woman is quite clearly very stupid, it's abuse of animals. I don't care what you do to it, darling. I'll tell you what, why don't we pick you up by your filthy, scruffy little neck and just drop you in a wheelie bin and put the lid down? We'd have to, it would have to be a very big skip, actually, in the ratio to the size. But um, she's pictured here. They've got five photos. Easily identifiable in Coventry. We've got listeners in Coventry. Go on, find her. Name and shame. And let's get her up in court, shall we, as quick as possible. Am I the only one who does not do the Doctor Who star, she's just an actress, Karen Gillan? Why does she always look peculiar to me? She's either tottering around in inappropriate clothing, and here she is walking around with a tasty takeaway. And she's, uh, she visited Pizza Express. Can't you cook, love? Can't you turn the oven on? You can go to Waitrose and put a pizza in the oven and get exactly the same pizzas. She just always looks a bit peculiar to me. I don't know why. The funny thing is, I do, I see these things on the television and I look very carefully and they go, so-and-so was, and there's a man up a ladder and he's putting in a television aerial 
And they go, but they'd given him the wrong sort of ladder. And the ladder falls down and he got £8,000. And I thought, so he installs television aerials and he didn't know what the right ladder was. Like there's a woman, you know, I came back in and somebody had left some things and I tripped over it. Don't people look down very often? Don't, don't they look down and think, I'm going to trip over that? If I say, I mean, I have done it, but we've all done it, where you go, oh, 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 I'm going to fall. Oh, no, I've managed to correct myself. But local count, there was a woman the other day on the television, not the other day, it was a few weeks ago, but they did it as a television programme. She was sitting under a tree on Clapham Common and a branch fell off. So she sued the local council. I tell you what, people from other countries must think we're the softest touched ever. Because, I mean, you know, you sit in another country, but like turning up in Somalia going, OK, benefits, what benefits do I get? And going, sorry, what benefits do I get? And a house. This is Somalia. Yeah, and? You know, could we have something? Well, there isn't anything. Nobody's got anything. Oh, OK, fine. Got any trees I can go and sit under? Where a branch could fall? So she sued the council, and surprisingly, I think she won because the council had been negligent in cutting the the branches off. Like she give up, doesn't it, really? Although the good news is the government are pushing through very, very fast, and as fast as they possibly can, uh, a law to stop travellers building over bank holiday weekends. Because what travellers do is they buy a piece of land, sit there and wait till we get to a bank holiday, and then come Friday at five o'clock, they've got three days. They've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Nobody's in the council offices and they can tarmac over... Considering they're called travellers, I don't quite understand why they're not travelling, but they quite clearly, clearly like putting in houses. So the government are now going to change the law so that the council will have to have somebody on standby to stop the, these people tarmacking over and putting in the services. Because I don't quite understand how they just connect themselves up to the mains. Can we do that? Can I go out there and do that and connect myself up to the mains? Cement myself in a tent or something like that. So, uh, as I say, it's, it's all a little bit worrying. So the, the, uh, the government are going to do something about that, which is good. Oh, Abby Clancy was out yesterday, long face, horse face. Because apparently she's, uh, she was still oozing glamour as she shopped at Waitrose in Isha. No, she wasn't. She looked miserable as sin. Actually, it makes you laugh, because on the front of the Daily Star, they've got Abby Clancy again. And she says, if, if we go back together with, with Pete and you get me pregnant, I'll stay with you. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Why would you think a baby would make the slightest difference? I don't believe the story at all. I really don't. It's, it's a little bit sad. It's like reading the, the picture in the uh, story in the paper about Gary Lineker involved with his son's school last night. We did this story yesterday. The Daily Star have printed it today. Are they a day behind everybody else? Have the Daily Star just given up and the editor's sort of gone home and it's being run by three-year-olds? Because all these stories are old in the Daily Star. They've got Gary Lineker complaining about his son who can't get into, uh, into school. And they've got a picture of uh, the nerdy one. This is George Lineker, who's a little bit... Went out and been drunk a few times. Pictured with uh, Sophie, who apparently was in Big Brother, Sophie Reed, And uh, she dumped him during his exams, mainly because she got the picture in the paper. And that's all they're interested in nowadays. I mean, you can see what he's like. Yeah, but... She- she has been out with loads of people before, Sophie, I'm afraid. I think you're being too kind. I think you're being too kind. He is a bit nerdy because the next picture we saw of him was being propped up by three friends because he couldn't handle his Ribena. And it was awful, you know. Once somebody puts a drink in you, eh, George? Oh, terrible. They call him a party animal. Not really. I think he went out twice. He went, I don't like that drink. It makes me feel dizzy. He's a bit like a Big Brother contestant. Mind you, if ever there was a Big Brother contestant, here she is. Joy and Sophie Watson. Sophie Watson is beauty queen. Big aim to fame. Big claim to fame. Won't be like Jordan. Won't be glamour model. She's 14. 
Her mum has allowed her to have uh, tattoos, permanent eyeliner, lip liner and a beauty spot and eyebrows. It's great, isn't it? I like people like this. You know, real class act. And here is Joy. And here is uh, 14-year-old in her pageant get-up, which involves looking exactly the same as she does normal. But uh, a beauty therapist says, I wasn't overly worried, and she only gets an idea into her head. It's very, very hard to stop her. They come from County Durham, so they're prime contenders for the Jeremy Kyle show. Uh, she's had facial tattoos, took seven hours to complete, and will last for five years. Now she wants to laser off her freckles. Because like, nobody like you know, so I want to be glamour model, because it's like, you know, it's my dream. I'm 14. I thought it was illegal, actually, to be having uh, somebody tattooed at 14. I thought it was 18. I mean, I find it absolutely unbelievable. They do say here she has illegal permanent tattoos. Well, I think the mother should be prosecuted. What a stupid pair they are. 14 years old and she wants to be the next Jordan. Oh, God, dear. I mean, you really are. It's just... Uh, words fail me, I'm afraid. Words fail me completely. Oh, shh. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell... I said, go no further this bit. Don't tell anybody. Sarah Harding. Remember Sarah Harding from Girls Aloud? She's, she's been secretly recording... Okay, to get back in the... Shh, don't tell anybody. That way we can keep it quiet. Little like Matt Goss, you know, album gets dumped, so he buys it from the record company so he can release it privately. But apparently there are lots of stories about Sarah Harding because she's not actually doing much at the moment, so she's employing people and to try and drum up some sort of interest in her. And uh, she says, I missed the first day of V as I was stuck in the studio recording all day. I know it's awful when they just leave you in there and lock the door, isn't it, love, and go away for the weekend. So go, try and sing, try and sing. But anyway, whispers about her starring in the new X-Men film, film are getting stronger. I know, she, she, she's telling you. She's actually telling you. She's, you know, shh, <laughs> And apparently, uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe who's starring in the X-Men sequel, was getting it on with Greg Burns. Apparently Greg Burns, who works in our sister station, was snuggling up to her in the VIP area. One of many, I should imagine. 28 minutes past uh, five. It's nice to have your company. It's LBC. From call cost 14 pence per minute, 69 pence connection charge. Calls from mobiles may vary. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. LBC 97.3, five... Morning, team. So I'm reading a book on the history of glue. I can't put it down. It's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> I went to my local ice cream shop and I said, I want to buy an ice cream. He said, hundreds and thousands. I said, well, let's start with one. <laughs> oh, dear. What do you call a lady with big teeth who sleeps in the afternoon? Siesta Ransom. OK, they get worse. I get worse. I went to the butcher's the other day. The butcher said, I bet you five pounds you can't guess the weight of that meat on the top shelf. I said, I'm not gambling. The stakes are too high. Ah, God. Dear. When I left home, my mum said, don't forget to write. I thought, that's unlikely. It's a basic skill, isn't it? Velcro. What a rip-off. So I met a gangster who pulls up the back of people's pants. It was Wedgie Cray. Oh, dear, I don't know. When it comes to cosmetic surgery, a lot of people turn their noses up. I've spent the afternoon rearranging the furniture in Dracula's house. I was doing a bit of fang shui. I was in the army once and the sergeant says to me, what does surrender mean? I said, I give up. I said to the gym instructor, can you teach me how to do the splits? He said, how flexible are you? I said, I can't make Tuesdays. Oh, God. They get worse, don't they? They're all from, uh, from Tim Vine. So I said to this train driver, I want to go to Paris. He said, Eurostar. I said, I've been on telly, but I'm no Dean Martin. OK, Euro... Oh, it doesn't matter. We'll get round to them later. Anyway, so uh, yesterday... We came round to the famous Allen Insurance. 
And the insurance quote comes through, and it's a company that used to be called Bedford Insurance. I don't uh, I think they're motor quote direct now. They're based in Wimbledon. And it came through the... Uh, Renewal premium for this year is £1,119.22. So I looked at it, and in the, you know when it's... Because it's a year on, and I can't remember. I can't remember last Thursday. So I thought to myself, all right, I understand that I'm in the radio business. I'm a radio presenter. That's what it says on the contract, and I've made a very good living at it for some 33 years. And so you expect to pay a little bit over the odds. And uh, it's, you know, it's flash car, I suppose, by some people's standards. But you can get much more expensive cars. So it's, it's not anything to do with that. It's just the fact that if you're in the radio industry and you're on the radio, they penalise you. It's their feeble excuse, their way of extracting money. So £1,119.22. And I thought, gee, I'm sure I paid less than that last year. I'm sure I did, but I can't be bothered to go back through. So anyway, so I phoned them up. And uh, I tried to do it on Sunday, but they don't work Sunday. They just work Monday to Friday. Or Monday to Saturday. So I phoned them up. So I said to them, I'd like to renew my insurance quote. I said, just a matter of interest, how much was it last year? What did I pay last year? He said, hold on a minute, I'll check. He said, you paid £650. I said, but it's now £1,119.22. I said, why has it gone up? He said, I don't know. He said, but that's what you paid last year. He said, we, we, we do actually go through all the insurance companies. We have a, a panel of insurers, and that's the best deal that we can get. He said, do you want to try and see if you can get it cheaper? I said, too bloody right I do. You know, I'm not, I'm not a mean person by any stretch of the magic. So anyway, so I put the phone down from Bedford, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, oh, I'll do it this afternoon, when, I, when I've sort of got the, the impetus going. So then I'm on the phone to a friend of mine, and a friend of mine says, why don't you try the co-op insurance? I said, well, I really need to find somebody who does people who are in the media. Because it's, it's going to work a lot better, because they understand how we work and things like that. And, um, and then I saw this, you know, compare the market.com, compare the meerkat.com. Simples. So I was really comparing meerkats, and I thought, you know, I'll take that one, it's a smaller one. And uh, so I go on, and I fill in the details. You know, it, it seems that forever, I'm filling in forms. So I put, you know, my name, and then it comes to job, occupation. And strange enough, broadcaster is in there. And it says radio or TV, so I tick, you know, radio. And, uh, and we've done all of that. I tell them, you know, I've got nine years, no claims bonus, blah, 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 blah. And then it sort of, it goes into the, tick, it's got like a little clock in the middle. It goes, tick, 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 tick. you know, while, while we're searching all of the different websites to find out, you know, how many different quotes. So I sort of sit there waiting desperately for to say, you know, it's a pound or something like that. And uh, back come 49 quotes, 49 quotes through comparethemarket.com. And the only reason I mention it is because I've never tried them. I'm, a, I'm always a bit sceptical. I love the adverts, but I never really bother with things like that at all. And I remember years ago trying the AA because they said they tried loads of people, a bit like Bedford Insurance, and they, they didn't even bother phoning me back. I was obviously a serious risk to them. Whereas Bedford say on their, on their letter here, uh, this is the best price we have available from our panel of insurers, £1,119.22. Well, it's a load of rubbish. Because on comparethemarket.com, back they come. The prices went from, this is for a year... And uh, with all my bits and, you know, tell him, tell him everything, you know, barring, you know, how long your mother's not been alive. Um, I got it from £652 up to the most expensive was the RAC, who laughingly wanted 1800 Shan't be joining them again, let me tell you. And so in the, I looked at one, I thought 642 So I phoned a friend of mine up and said, the cheapest I can get is 642 but that doesn't come with free... Uh, advice if you have an accident. Not, uh, I'm really not an accident person. I've only had one, I think, in my life. So uh, all these things go through. And in the end, I picked Admiral because I've heard of them 
And they were on the check. And I think they were about 660. And I think I paid a couple of quid over the top for something. Then you've got to pay for a credit card. Whatever it was, I've saved myself about £500. So I feel like I should phone up Bedford today and go... Because if that's the best you can do... And it literally took me probably ten minutes to get that quote... Don't you think you at Bedford should be using comparethemarket.com and then you could be a bit quicker? Because otherwise somebody's making £500 out of me for doing nothing. For doing exactly the same as last year. Even though... And I've got all of this stuff. I've got the no claims bonus. On my original policy, I had driving other cars. Well, to be honest, I said to Jess, I don't drive other people's cars. I've got my own car, thank you. Voluntary excess... Uh, compulsory excess, I've got exactly the same. Windscreen cover covered, personal effects, minimum uh, limit £100, market value of vehicle cover. Because if you put down, I know you probably think it's been quite clever, if you put down on your car thing what you paid for the car, that's not what it's worth. So in other words, if your car blows up down the motorway while you're sort of, you know, inside getting a cup of tea and you've got it insured for 40,000, they're not going to give you 40,000. They're going to come back and go, well, the market value is 9,600 and that's what we'll give you. So you've got to read all these small prints. So, I mean, I feel like going back, you know, to, to all these different companies, going, you really need to go onto the internet because you can find it much cheaper. I saved myself £500. So I'm now with Admiral for a year and I've paid for it and uh, I got very carried away and then I went on and I bought my uh, tax disc. So that's arriving in five days. Because it was a really exciting day yesterday. I kind of spent a load of money. I spent £217 on the tax disc, or whatever it is, and then 600 and... £70, I think, on the uh, insurance. Darn sight better than spending... So I'm actually up on the deal. I'm actually up... I'm up about four, £500 on the deal. So whoopee me today. I can go out and do something. So my advice is, if you've got an insurance quote and it's gone up dramatically this year, try a website and see if you can get it cheaper. Because you've got nothing to lose. Took me all of ten minutes to find that. Perhaps if my original insurance company, who I'd been with for donkey's years, had actually done exactly the same thing, then they'd still have had a client. But frankly, now I've told you, you'll all remember the next time that you get a quote through, go onto the internet and see if you can find it cheaper. And I promise you, you will get it cheaper. You know, and you get to look at meerkats. Simples. Which is lovely. Steve, uh, I saw that last evening on the news. I was shocked to see it. I hope they catch the old woman who put the cat in the wheelie bin. Fifteen hours that cat stayed in the wheelie bin. Because cats, first of all, sit there thinking... What am I doing here? And they don't actually do anything. After the first couple of hours, and they filed their nails down, and they've sort of gone, you know, and they've sort of, you know, read a few books and, you know, delved into the old tuna tin in there. Yes, and then they've gone to the toilet, and then they think, wait a minute, I'm still sitting in there. This isn't such a good idea. And 15 hours later, they actually get out. Fiona says, uh, I vote Steve Allen to deal with these people who mistreat animals. Well, do you know, I would have to. I would have to go round to a house. I'd love, you know, on this programme we could say, right, I tell you what, today we're going round to Coventry. We found out who this old woman is, and we're going to go round and shout obscenities through a letterbox. Cat hater! You know, and things like that. Yes. <laughs> uh, Steve, sorry for short note, please wish Nanny Peg a happy 75th birthday. Love from Jem, Joel and Bump, which apparently is due September the 23rd. Is that a baby, then, or a cat? Difficult to tell, isn't it, really, in this day and age? Uh, apparently... Says Andy, seven years ago, Holby City had a serial killer, Nurse Kelly York. She killed the patients by injecting them with insulin. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I'm 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 a lethal weapon. 
as they say. Steve Allen, a lethal weapon? Probably not, but no, do my best. And Angela says, it's no good taking your Toblerone, is it? I'm finally finishing off the last bit of my birthday cake, taken just over a week. The bit with the rose on, hope it's edible, looks like paper. The stuff flying saucers are made of with sherbet in the middle. Oh, I love that. Oh, flying saucers with sherbet in the middle. Ian in Surbiton says, I'm off work for a few days due to a twisted pelvis. You've probably fallen over on, on a council pavement or something like that. There's a lot of it going on. It's quite rife at the moment. He said, shouldn't laugh too much, but looking forward to your comical spin on life. As for that woman, not lady, who dumped the cat in the wheelie bin, she should be placed in one herself and left there in full view of the public for a day. Oh, by tomorrow morning, she'll regret that she ever did anything because she's caught on CCTV. She'll be named and shamed and they'll all go, she's the mad woman in the neighbourhood. She's the balmy one. You know, you, every neighbourhood throws up two or three balmies who go down. We, we, have a, we have a couple in Twickenham. There's a couple. I thought it was two blokes. One of them apparently is a woman, and she shouts obscenities across the road at him. If ever he's, he's caught talking, so to wind her up, everybody goes, whatever his name is, hello, Bob, you know, and that kind of thing. She gets really angry. But she's enormous. I mean, she is so big, you know. I mean, big, big, big. I do like Martin Clunes. I don't care what Martin Clunes does. He's got one of those faces we like. We like Martin Clunes. Although this coming Monday, you're going to love Michael Flatley. You're absolutely going to love Michael Flatley. Because we did the interview a little while ago. And because it's bank holiday, and apparently I'm on at eight o'clock. Apparently. I only know that because I've checked the, uh, the roster. And I, apparently I'm on at eight o'clock. On the back. It's only because somebody said, uh, oh, Christo's on between five and seven. Where am I? Where am I? But uh, So I'm on between 8 and 10 on Bank Holiday Monday. You lucky people. Uh, the Stig is facing the sack from Top Gear. He's writing an autobiography. How dull. Man with helmet on who has to remain anonymous and has signed a confidentiality agreement with the BBC. Uh, apparently is now in court. The BBC say it's impossible for him to carry on his role because he's supposed to be anonymous. And you think, why? Why does he have to be anonymous? He's only driving a car. What difference does it make? I don't think it's making any uh, any sort of difference. Does it make any difference? I couldn't care less. I wouldn't be buying the book anyway. I'm more interested in the book that they brought out, which I went onto the internet yesterday and found out about, and it's The Secret Life Underneath Manchester. Manchester, underneath its cobbled streets, is honeycombed with shops, swimming pool, a canal, all sorts of stuff. And there's a bloke who did um, a book on it, and I was, I was reading about it yesterday, and you know me, I love anything that's underneath. If there's, you know, it's like, if, if there's a house, I don't want to sort of just look around the house, I want to go into the cellars. I want to know what's in the cellars, you know, they all been bricked up. If you go to Vienna, and you go to their underground in Stephansplatz, right in the middle of Vienna, you go down the underground, and there's a big glass wall, and you look through into the old church, which is underneath the current St. Stephen's, and it's the old, all the old arches, and they're all glassed over now, so you can look at them. And when you actually go down into the crypt of the church, all the people are buried down there. But what they did, to save space, they just put the heads on. And so they've stacked up all the heads in, tr- you know, big... Tr- it's a bit bizarre, but it's a bit like Mexico at the moment. I don't know if you've been reading in the paper that uh, Mexico is about the most dangerous place you can go to. The other day, as people were streaming out of Mexico City to go on their holiday... Four beheaded bodies were hanging underneath one of the city's bridges. And this is what the drug cartels do over there. Such is the money in drugs that people kill each other. And they don't just kill each other, they behead them. So there have been piles... I think this year, 22,000 people have been executed by the drug cartels and they put warning notices. And they behead them and they generally leave the heads nearby... It almost looks as though it's the work of a butcher or something like that. And there was a guy who's done an interview, I think, with CNN, 
who was one of the executioners. He says, now he said, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm in hiding and I live with my wife. And, and he said, but I just went out. He said, and I beheaded people. They said that person there, and it could be a police chief. If, if, if it was somebody who was, it was a police chief who'd opened their mouths and split on a gang, he said they were beheaded. If it was somebody who'd stolen from the gang, they had their hands and their legs cut off. So four headless bodies hanging under the bridge in Mexico City as a warning for other people not to tamper with the, with the drugs gangs. Such is the amount of money. And then, you, you know, people laugh. They go, oh, so-and-so's doing cocaine and things like that. You think, yeah. And it's for you that that man is headless underneath the bridge in Mexico City. Well, failing that, they just dump them by the side of the road. Absolutely atrocious. 14 minutes to six. These are the headlines. Around three quarters of a million teenagers are waking up to their GCSE results this morning. Experts think the pass rate will have gone up for the 23rd year in a row. Patients groups say a decision not to give bowel cancer patients a life-extending drug on the NHS is disappointing. The National Institute for Health and Clinical Excellence has ruled Avastin wouldn't be cost-effective. And Tyker Woods and his wife have officially divorced. Reports in the States are speculating Erin Nordegrin will get around $64 million as a settlement. Let's have a check on the state of the road while we all ponder that one. It's Jay Louise. Ooh, we're just speculating on whether we can have a nice cup of coffee this morning. Jess and I were going, oh, I could just do a cup of coffee. She said, when can you not do with a cup of coffee? I said, well, strangely, I don't drink coffee at home. I drink tea and I drink water. And, and I did at one time, I used to drink, uh, yes, I like tomato juice. I know some people hate tomato juice. And I, I like mango juice as well, but that's really thick. And it's, I haven't, it's really too, too sweet. I haven't had any juices like that for ages or orange juice. I used to drink a lot of um, Tropicana with bits in it. Because I loved ice-cold orange juice without realising before I was diabetic that, in fact, it sort of just kind of makes the situation worse. Doesn't help. It is. You might as well just sit down under the table and empty the sugar bowl into your mouth. Has the same kind of effect. Uh, Noreen went to the, uh, the new Poundland in St Albans. It was OK. Got a couple of things. But St Albans town centre is vanishing. They keep closing shops down. Nobody can afford to, to keep these shops going. The rents on them. I've discovered some of the rents on some of the shops in Twickenham. Uh, a sort of like 27,000 a year. So you've got to take 27,000, not including your business rates, not including paying for staff, before you've even sold anything. Rumour had it, I think somebody said to me a short while ago that Clinton's was going to close and Halford's was going to close. I'm thinking, oh, I hope not. Halford's has only just opened up. Quite like the idea it's there, even though it's not the best service in the world. And Clinton's, I like the idea of. I like Clinton. I've got loads of Clinton's cards. In fact, I spent a, lot, spent a lot of time wandering around Clinton's buying cards. They had a, there's a special offer the other day. God, I remember to send my brother a birthday card. But it was um, three birthday cards. Some just had get well, some had happy birthday. Because, To be honest with you, do you read the, the, the notes inside birthday and Christmas cards? I must be the only one who doesn't. Because I just look at the picture on the front and go, it says happy birthday. And then you open it up and see if there's any money inside it. And that's, that's the bit I like the most. I don't go for the, you know, roses are red, violets are blue, this card was the best I can do for you, kind of thing. And and so I I never bother with those at all. Uh, Hopefully a dry day today, says Noreen. I'm not sure about the other photos. Chris Christodoulou told me that 32,500 of you have already had a sneaky peek at the photos. I don't know. It's a little bit embarrassing, isn't it? You know, when we get sort of top-rated photo all over the place. All the photos from the LBC photo shoot, top-rated on that. Very embarrassing. Very embarrassing. We try and sort of play it down, you know, try and give it to Joe Parkinson or something like that. Makes it look less embarrassing. Oh, the winner on Sunday. The winner on Sunday of the How Low. Do you remember we had the three items? We had the 
iPad, we had the iPhone 3GS, and we had an iPod Touch. How much do they go for? £2.59. And you know, I have a sneaky feeling that I think I said about £2.50-something on Sunday. I'm sure I said that. I wish I'd done it, because I can't enter my own competitions. But it was won by Stephen in London. So now you know, if there's three of them, it kind of takes them up a little bit. Takes them up a little bit. So, uh, well done, Stephen. Congratulations. Which is very good. We'll find out how we did in the horse racing a little bit uh, later on. We like, like to check out a bit of horse racing. And um, oh, I mentioned uh, Roger Foss's uh, going away. And Tony says, after 18 years, I've gone back to training in Thai boxing. After three weeks of running, cycling and skipping. You girl. I lost 13 pounds of weight. Not bad, he says. 30, that's good, quite good, actually, isn't it? Isn't 13 pounds good? A friend of mine went to the doctor the other day, went to the hospital, and they said, you need to lose three stone. Three stone. That's like a leg and a half. I mean, that's like, God, dear, that is just enormous. Enormous, it really is. Uh, Greg says the jokes were great. More, more, more. Yes, there are more, actually. Uh, did you see Corrie last night? So sad. Made me cry. Was that because they didn't get the adoption thing through? It's only pretend. I mean, I only watched it because, you know, for, for sort of different people in it. But I don't know. Keith says, I had quotes in between 500 and £2,500 on my insurance. You see? Check them out. Don't just assume what they say is the best. It takes you but five minutes if you've got a computer. You can, if you haven't got a computer, of course, you're a little bit up a gum tree. But it's, it's worthwhile checking. It's worthwhile checking, I promise you. Steve, I've just bought a dog of a blacksmith. As soon as I got him home, he made a bolt for the door. Do you know, it's about as old as I am, I think. And uh, a lot of people filling me in on the fact... I remember I mentioned yesterday that Kerry Katona was at the circus and they pulled her out of the audience to do something. It was all a set-up. She's being filmed for a ghastly, dreary reality show. The, uh, the overweight Kerry Katona, because she's piled the weight back on again. She's not that airbrushed person you saw in the papers. And... Um, and now you can make up your own jokes, as the headline said, Kerry Katona joins the circus for one night only, as she shows us her skills on a huge hamster wheel. OK, make up your own jokes on that one. Kerry the fat laughing. Katona messed about one of these big wheels, but it was all set up with, uh, with zippos. After employing Peter Andre's manager, Claire Powell, Kerry is even rumoured to be signing up for the new series of Dancing on Ice. No. Why would you be interested in that? There are people out there, and all they do is they just circulate these daytime television programmes, hoping to uh, find something. It was very funny, because in the early hours of this morning, they had Kerry Katona being interviewed um, by... Oh, I can't remember. Is it Bo Selector? Bo Selector. I never really watched it, but he dresses up as this little character sitting on a bed or something, whatever, I can't remember. And, uh, And Bo Selector was interviewing, and it's when she was Kerry McFadden. And she was as boring then, and she claimed that she named the group Atomic Kitten. And he said, do you make any money? She said, yes, every time one of, one of the records is played, which I featured on. So, in other words, she didn't feature on any records, because apparently she can't sing for Toffee. But uh, here she is at the circus, at Zippo. We like Zippo's circus, but it's so funny, because you read the comments that people have written afterwards, going, um... Uh, says all about her with a title like Shows Her Skill on a Huge Hamster Wheel. Somebody else, Heather from Ilford, says just where she belongs in a circus. Uh, Lou in Yorkshire says, Go home, I'm sick of seeing you. 
she doesn't uh, she doesn't rate very highly. And somebody called G Hudson from Cheadle says, "Is there nothing this woman will not do for publicity? Look at the lineup. The only one with any class is the nanny." Yes, I'm not even sure it is the nanny, but uh, but interesting, isn't it, that she will do just about anything to uh, to try and get some publicity for herself. Ghastly. Uh, Nick Ferrari this morning, after news at seven, is talking about the Ground Zero mosque. Nick will uh, be asking what's going on. The far right are up in arms about the site of the building of the proposed Islamic centre. Also, the GCSE results today. Nick will be finding out how some pupils in Pimlico have fared. wonder why Pimlico. Why do we pick Pimlico this morning? But uh, we have, and um, uh, the Pimlico Academy, and also Airline. You know, the film is 30 years on. 30 years. Is it the funniest comedy film ever made? No. No, Airplane. Did you ever see Airplane, the movie? Yes. And then, uh, have you ever seen A Man Naked? And uh, they're singing to the little girl, and then they sort of knock the thing out. And she's got a drip in her and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't think it was the funniest film ever made. I don't know what the funniest film ever made is. That'll be something you could talk about with Nick Ferrari this morning, because I'm sure you've all got your own, your own thoughts on what would be a funny... Because sometimes you watch a film and you think, oh, that, that's really funny. And then you watch it five years later and you go, wasn't funny at all. Why did I find that funny? And yet I can still cry at the same movies, as indeed we all did the other week when we were talking about our, our favourite weepy films. Weepy, I've been actually talking of films. My weepy films, E.T., Sound of music. It can be anything, really. Anything Christmassy and, oh, all sorts of things. Elf. I never cried at Elf. Never cried at Elf. It's festive. I do have a complete collection of festive films. I mean, I could happily sit down and, and bring in a snow machine and have it snowing outside my place. Every, I mean, I wouldn't have any problem with that at all, because I just, I just think Christmas is just so magical. In fact, it's, it's, it's my dream. If I win the lottery before Christmas... I'm going to take a couple of friends away and we're going to go to Salzburg to one of the Christmas markets. Because, you know, you can guarantee... If you go there beginning of December, you can guarantee snow. Salzburg is just so, so pretty. It's all sort of picture box, you know, picture... Picture postcard-type houses. And snow and everybody goes around. And they do wear national dress and costume. They don't... You see people in lederhosen, the Burgenlanders come in, and you see the, the women in their dirndls. And so it's, everybody wears national costume. I know, you know, people over here, they say, what is the British national costume? I said, I don't know, kebab on your head, I suppose. I've got no idea. I don't think we have one. Years ago, it was sort of a, a, a bowler hat, wasn't it? And a rolled-up FT. And then people go, well, we read the FT. Well, no, 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 just how it's part of the uniform. Never read the blasted thing, you know. Can't understand a word it says. So I don't know what the national uniform is. Tracksuit bottoms, I suppose, nowadays. So at least when you go to Austria, they do wear national costume. And actually, strangely enough, talking of of films, I've just been invited by Susie Lee to do do a little film, to make a little film. Uh, It's going to be for for Windows 7. And what they're they're doing, they're asking various people within the media to make a seven-second short movie making a classic movie scene. And then if it's any good, it'll be shown at the London Film Festival Gala in October. And what, what they're actually doing, they, they will actually, you know, give you everything that you need for it, including a smartphone, a Windows 7-enabled laptop and a movie maker. We've only got to make seven seconds, so I'm not sure. Do you think I should go for it? Should I, should I go for that? Do I, do, I could do a festive film. It could be a... But it's only going to last seven seconds. I mean, heavens above, I've barely got into my stride, Susie, at seven seconds. But uh, I could, yes, well, we have to, we could just have, it could be Tiny Tim going, God bless us, everyone. 
I'm like, I could be just so cool. I think I'm welling up already. I know, it's because we've got the news coming up. Any second now, I can feel it. Details. Typical 0% APR credit subject to acceptance. Morning, team. Nice to be company. Welcome along to Tuesday morning on LBC. Oh, please, God, it doesn't rain today. Go on, just be nice to us. Everybody else has got rain. Can we have a day where it's not so raining? And Because Jess has got no brolly today, and I'm convinced our water feature at home is leaking because it was nearly out of water again today, so I think I need to empty the blasted thing and then perhaps seal it or do something. It's definitely not doing what it's supposed to. I've never known a thing get through so much water. It's like, a, it's like a barrel load of water a day this thing is using. It's quite ridiculous, you know. Especially yesterday, as we had so much water. Anyway, news is coming up very shortly. We'll have a chat to, uh, to Darren. All the papers full today of the, uh, the students who are going to be getting their results. You'll hear it all with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7. Steve Allen, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. I'm sorry, I was enjoying myself. I do beg your pardon. It's Tuesday. I'm only enjoying myself because I'm looking out the window thinking, oh, it's not raining. Thinking, oh, don't, don't rain. Don't rain. We've had, we've had quite enough rain, I think, to last us for a, a small lifetime. Uh, Sue says, um, was there any chance you'd come to the Radlett Centre? Where I recently saw Jenny Barnett. She's not still doing the ice cream job down there, is she? I've heard about that, actually. And, uh, no, I mean, I haven't been out to Radlett for ages. That was the very first place that we ever did. I think because Nick had done Radlett, and then we went out to do Radlett. Although we, we sold out very fast, so we ended up doing two shows at Radlett, which is good. No, details I'll, I'll give you nearer the time. We're just sorting things out with the LBC ticket line at the moment. Uh, out at the new Wimbledon th- studio, I've got my teeth right then, uh, which is at the Broadway, Southwest 19... Uh, is the man who left the Titanic. It's, uh, it's uh, a, nice, a nice little theatrical piece with two people that we know quite well, actually. It's uh, Pat and Dave, who were part of Isosceles, in fact, were Isosceles, who featured on LBC years and years ago on a very regular basis. And uh, their latest production is called, as I say, The Man Who Left the Titanic, because on Sunday, April the 14th, 1912, the Titanic, greatest ship in the world, slipped beneath the frigid waters of the at, uh, Atlantic. And yet, uh, Bruce Ismay, managing director of the White Star Line, stepped into a lifeboat and sailed away from the stricken ship, sailed away from the passengers, sailed away from the cries, the screams and the tears. And the man who left the Titanic evokes that terrible voyage and asks whether Bruce, Bruce Ismay only did what any of us might have done in the same circumstances, or was he a coward or human? It's a new play by Patrick Pryor. It runs from September the 6th to the 18th, at 7.45 nightly, at the new Wimbledon Theatre. See, I love anything to do with with the Titanic. I'm always fascinated by it. And there were... There were there's a spelling mistake on this one, actually, from Isosceles, because the, the frigid waters of the Atlantic. I'm assuming they mean the Atlantic, because otherwise we've got a completely different ocean. So, uh, good luck, Pat and Dave, down there. It's a, it's, it's, I'm fascinated with anything. Apparently, they are going to be doing, aren't they, another trip down to the Titanic before the whole ship just goes and just falls in on itself. But you won't hear it because it's two miles down. So I think they're going to do one last, one last concerted effort. I'd love to go. You'd love to go. It's about £25,000, £30,000. In the same way that the Railway Touring Company has been sent in to me again by Stephen Potter's Bar. And it's, it's got all these steam railways. You know, people like aeroplanes and some people like steam railways. And they do a Bath Christmas market. 
It's not as exciting, you know, as going to Salzburg, but I do like it. Christmas lunch on the Orient Express. And you suddenly, you look at these lovely pictures of the steam trains and, uh, and, you, look at, and you look at the countryside and you suddenly think, you know, it's beautiful, our country. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, whether or not these, these pictures make it look better, I've got no idea. But even down in Sussex, because they've got a special Christmas tree, it just looks wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Oh, dear. I shall plough through those. They are to die for, especially for the Premier Dining. Thank you very much indeed for that. More in the uh, woman today in the paper. She'll be identified by tomorrow morning. God, I hope I don't know her. Uh, the woman who picks up the cat, pets it, picks it up, opens up the wheelie bin, drops it in, slams the lid shut. Fifteen hours the cat stayed in there. The police and the RSPCA are very keen to talk to this woman now because what she's done is illegal. She must be stopped. And uh, she will be identified. In fact, I should imagine, even as I speak, there are people who've been out and who know exactly who this woman is, because it, you, you could just see who she is. She's out, she's wearing a white top, bag over her shoulder, black trousers, and she's caught on CCTV. And just watch the, the footage. It's quite amazing, isn't it? Did you actually watch it moving? Moving pictures. She just picks it up, opens it, throws it, moving pictures. I know, because all, all the pictures of the paper are not moving. It's unbelievable. Why don't they make pictures that move? I think we should go into Harry Potter realm. Uh, picture of uh, Stacey Solomon, uh, they say here, wearing a gold play suit. She looked a world away from the downtrodden Essex girl who first auditioned. Uh, the one thing that Stacey Solomon never looked was downtrodden, I'm afraid. It's just that she's a bit peculiar. They're all a bit peculiar on the X Factor. <laughs> like that. It's all, you know, she can't actually speak normally. And so now they're talking about the auto tune technology. It's been used. I mean, if I could run through a list of groups who use auto tune, it's, it's quite normal. In fact, I've, I said to you before, in fact, we had it because when Pete Waterman was on In Conversation, and Pete recorded Steps, as you know. And uh, has recorded loads and loads of famous people, Kylie and everything else. And I said about Steps, I said, why do they never sing live? He said, he said why would you want them to sing live? I said, because I just thought that they would. He said, oh, no. He said, I've spent a lot of time in the studio making sure that it's perfect. So the sound that comes out when you play the CD or the record or whatever it happens to be that you, that you buy or the download is perfect. He said, I don't want going on stage ruining it. Because most people cannot sing. What they're doing with these groups, the groups that they make money out of, is they're selling an image. The fact that half of them can't sing is, is proof positive that when they all split up, nobody has a successful career. They might go into a studio and bring out an album uh, or a single, but that's about it. They don't, they don't go any further with it because they're only of interest when they're together as a group. So it, it just doesn't work, I'm afraid. It just doesn't work. And I've said before, there are loads of top, top groups who go out on auto-tune. It was always said that the Spice Girls were auto-tune. Because if you listen to them individually, you think, well, how do you hear... Nobody's together. They're not doing a harmony. They're all, you know, posh Spices at the very back, because she always looked the most miserable, and all the other ones. So nobody ever... It didn't make any difference. They probably didn't know. And the record company probably chose not to tell him. Why would it make any difference? It would ruin it for the fans. You want to go out there, you don't want to hear somebody going... Stop right now, thank you very much, I need some... You know, you want to hear them perfectly pitched. That's what auto-tune does. It was, it was designed purely for that. Although Jamie Cullum said last night that uh, he feels as though it's cheating. He says, I can't... He said, I, I cannot watch somebody who's auto-tuned. You do hear them, you, you can tell if somebody's auto-tuned because it sounds a little bit electronic. Little bit electronic. Um, the advantage of easy origami is twofold. OK... And um, my next-door neighbour worships exhaust pipes. He's a Catholic converter. 
A Catholic converter. <laughs> oh, dear. I've got a friend who's fallen in love with two school bags. He's by Satchel. By Satchel. <laughs> oh, dear. I went down to the local supermarket and I said, I want to make a complaint. This vinegar's got lumps in it. He said, those are pickled onions. <laughs> God. Oh, dear. I'll tell you what I love doing more than anything else. Trying to pack myself in a small suitcase. I can hardly contain myself. Okay. <laughs> you missed the pickled onion one. Okay, I went down to the local supermarket. I said, I want to make a complaint. This vinegar's got lumps in it. He said, those are pickled onions. <laughs> I used to go out with an anaesthetist. She was a local girl. Okay. Uh, did you know that if a stick insect laid its eggs in a jar of bovril, it would give birth to a litter of twiglets? <laughs> so I got home, and the phone was ringing. I picked it up, and I said, who's speaking, please? And the voice said, you are. <laughs> Oh, dear. I wanted to be a milkman, but I didn't have the bottle. During the war, my grandfather couldn't stop scribbling. He got hit by a doodlebug. <laughs> God, dear. I've got a front door made from sponge. Don't knock it. I played football on a plane, you know. There was I running up the wing. Oh, dear. They get worse. I threw some snow at my girlfriend. She didn't catch my drift. All of these and more are Tim Vines. He once told 499 jokes in an hour. You'd be suicidal, wouldn't you, by the end of it? <laughs> suicidal. But if you put a smile on your face, you'll be trying to remember some of these this morning. You'll be going into work going, so I went into the... Oh, I can't remember. What did Steve Allen say? I went to the butch... Oh, no. So I was through some snow at my girlfriend. She fell over. No, can't, that wasn't it as well. You won't remember any of them. Yeah. Uh, sponge door, don't... Don't, don't kick it. No, that doesn't work either. You won't remember any of these things. Dreadful shame. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC.co.uk. Oh, there was some poor family in the paper today. I'll have to tell you in a moment. But it's a scam. It's another scam, I'm afraid. I love telling you about scams. And, um, and this one's quite an easy one, actually. If you've got a child who's travelling. A child who's travelling. Quarter past six. News headlines at seven. LBC 97.3. Every 6.20, uh, Mark in Brentwood was going to email. He said, I've been with the Admiral for three years. They've been the best and cheapest. I'm 22. Had the same kind of problem when I passed my test at 19. Oh, what, what worries me now is young, young guys or girls as well going out there going, right, I've just passed my test. I'm going to get a sports car. And you go, you'll never get the insurance. You see people. I came back down the, uh, the motorway the other day and there were lots of little boy racers. Up and down, and they bomb past me, and I always think, listen, you know, you're that stupid, it really doesn't bother me, so I always let them go past. They probably go, yeah, just come past the Bentley, yeah, and they're riding it like a Cinquecento. <laughs> Tom in Canada says, maybe the crazy one with the cat was testing it out as a toilet bowl needed cleaning. This was after our very funny little uh, thing the other day on how to clean your toilet bowl, which, uh, which got record, um, record ones, actually. But listening to your podcast, says, so about what makes you weep with Paul Savory, like you E.T. in Little House on the Prairie. The song Don't Cry Little Fisherman was Captain Courageous with Spencer Tracy, which makes me absolutely howl. Yeah, we did a whole programme on, on the stuff that makes you cry, the films that make you cry, or television programmes. It's amazing, actually. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, Karen is in Thailand. Hello, Karen. Uh, and Ian says, well done on the uh, car insurance. What you got with Admiral, all of the new customer discounts. Insurance companies love people who just renew each year with their existing provider. Next year, if you do an internet search again, you'll be a new customer all over again to somebody else. Switching each year between the AA and the RAC will make you a new customer to them too with a huge discount and give you up to five call-outs. Yeah, isn't it dreadful that five, that's all you get, five call-outs from the, from the RAC. 
Actually, I've let my membership lapse because I looked at some of it. I thought, no, wait a minute, because they're, they're call centres in India. And I thought, but I don't want half of this stuff. I'm not interested in this. I just want, you know, straight from... They make it look so complicated. It's not easy. It's something I might try uh, with the AA this time round. only need them for flat tyres. Uh, Ian says, do wish Chinese Amanda a happy Ghost Festival Day. Hope she can be said... Uh, hope, hope she has a great day, which is more than can be said for the news team. Rumour has it their big winner has just been born at Newmarket. You're very cruel about the poor. The, the, listen, they're doing their best. They're doing their best. Not th- not so a carer who said become said to have become so exasperated with trespassing traveller children, he fired a shot over their head. Christopher Bayfield is understood to have suffered repeated petty thefts after a thousand travellers arrived for a so-called Christian festival in a field next to his house. So he heard people walking up his drive, so he fired a shot over their head. He's had two lawnmowers stolen and everything else, and uh, somebody broke into his car. Now, thieving does go on. And, uh, anyway, somebody compl- Cambridgeshire police later confirmed the intruders were a five-year-old boy and a girl of seven. The travellers and the gypsies arrived on this site next to the house. They'd expected 30 people. 200 caravans turned up. Soon the village shop reported thefts by children and the village pub posted notice saying that the only residents, uh, only residents would be admitted in an attempt to avoid trouble. They do the same at Hampton Court. When the travellers turned up at Hampton Court a short while ago, all the pubs closed. Because you had gypsy children riding up and down the road on cars with no no licences. You know, on the wrong side of the road. It was absolutely unbelievable. You think to yourself... Anyway, the, the man who owns the land, because they use it for the fun fairs, decided he wanted to get rid of them and they didn't want to move, so he started pig slurrying first thing in the morning. Didn't take long to move them. But the uh, the government are now bringing in this this law to stop people tarmacking over land that they've bought and, uh, and moving on to it. But this poor man here, he, just, he was so exasperated because his father's suffering from cancer and he said, it's just, just making me ill. Poor soul. Another scrounging woman here, as uh, highlighted by The Express today. Uh, this one claims she was a penniless single mother living with her three children. She's escaped a, a jail sentence. She claimed 75,000 in benefits. You know, whatever this government tell you or anybody else, crime pays. You can get away with absolutely anything. Um, When she started claiming benefits, she said she had no idea who had fathered her eldest child, then two, then age two. She made the same claim when she had another child with another man, allowing her to rake in benefits of up to 24,500. Do you know, it must be that easy to claim benefits. I've never claimed benefits in my life. I find it absolutely unbelievable that people get away with it. Uh, actress Susan Penhaligon has condemned television bosses as ageist, saying that at 61 she can only find roles in theatre. They don't spend the money, Susan, on television drama and stuff like that now. They do. It's cheaper to put on a reality show. It is cheaper to put on a reality show. What, why would they waste money and time doing a drama? Because a reality show... Look how many... Simon Cowell's first audience. Was it 12.6 million? You wouldn't get that for a drama. Dreadful. Here is this woman here, and uh, because they've made a decision, uh, she's not going to go to prison. £200,000 in 12 years she's scraped in. Small wonder she's laughing and can afford to smoke. It's amazing, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. The, uh, the, uh, the father of the children drives a taxi. So they're absolutely coining it in. 200000 She doesn't have to do anything. And they go, oh, well, we'll let it get away with it. We had a bloke a short while ago. He was in Spain. They let him get away with it as well. I'm thinking of trying it myself. There must be something. Perhaps I can claim something. I don't know. I told you we had that woman who was disabled. Into it. Well, she wasn't. 
She had, she was a young child, but she was running about all over the place, but using her mum's disabled sticker because she claimed, and I was with a policeman at the time, that her mother was in the doctor's. She was a liar, of course. And, um, and he actually went to report her and she said, what are you picking on me for? He said, you're not supposed to be using that badge. Your mother's not in the car, so it's her, her badge. She obviously thought, well, she didn't because she was a liar, but uh, she was running about all over the seat all the time with the disabled badges. Drives me mad. I wish I'd married Tiger Woods, you know. £64 million. Pounds. It's not bad, is it? Not bad going. This is after the, uh, the sex scandal. I thought they got back together and then, sadly, they've got apart. She's getting £64 million. Are you sure? Wow. It's not bad, is it? Not bad for about... Uh, I don't know how many years of marriage they had, actually. Was it six years of marriage? Blimey, that's really good money. That's like, that's like £10 million a year. That's, like, really, really good. Would have been cheaper if he'd actually stayed with other, the, uh, the other girls. Uh, X-Factor bosses are under pressure to apologise for using auto-tune. They don't need... They're making a television programme. We've explained before. If you're making a television programme, you'll do anything to make sure that it looks good and it sounds good. You know, and there are some people on there who don't sing and there are some people who do sing. And those who do sing get through and those who don't, we laugh at. It's as, it's as simple as that. Um, people today talk about John Cleese. He's poised yet again to march up the aisle. This is wife number three. You remember, actually, that uh, the third ex-Mrs Cleese just pocketed 13 million from him. No fool like an old fool. And uh, poor old John has been coughing up for years now. He's got to keep working, I think, just to make, just to make ends uh, meet. Uh, Paris Hilton. She's not all there, is she? Not all there. I watched her programme on the telly the other night where it's Paris Hilton... And gets a, a girl's best friend or boyfriend or gets... She's looking for a best friend. And at one point she goes... Because she's got a very sing-songy voice. You know, for a woman who must be, you know, in her early 30s. She sounds like a child of 12. And they've got all these people lined up. There's a couple of sort of blokes on there. And some girls. And they all want to be Paris Hilton's next best friend. And, and so she goes, OK, now I'm going to bring on my best friend in the whole wide world, little Kim... And on comes this woman. Well, you'd have thought they'd have brought on, you know, the almighty. Because half the contestants go, oh, my God! It's like they've never seen anybody before. You know, they're they're the same sort of people who probably get excited over a bit of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Because they they just went so over the top with it. They went, oh, she's so beautiful. And I'm thinking, it's little Kim. She's got tons of makeup on. She's about three inches tall. You know, that's why she's called Little Kim. There's a bit of a giveaway there in the title. And she's sitting there. She's quite clearly not Paris Hilton's best friend. But she's been brought on because she's here for a fee. But the contestants are getting really excited. Oh, my God, it's Little Kim. Oh, I can't believe it. This is a dream come true. I thought, you really must get out a bit more, mustn't you? Because otherwise he gets a bit desperate on these programmes. But that is Paris Hilton. But quite sweet. I quite like her. I like her better than, than any of the ones that we've got in this country. I like her much better than Peter Andre, Kerry Katona... Um, Alex Reed, who might or might not be going back into the Big Brother house, might or might not be splitting up with Jordan. But we all laughed when we saw Jordan going ghost hunting on Yvette Fielding's crackpot programme. Let's face it, in all the years, Yvette's found no ghost. Music to your ears. Look after your world with British Gas. Morning, everybody. All of the sun's coming up. How nice. We've got a sunny Leicester Square. It's LBC. It's Vision. This season, football has a brand new player. OK, 26 minutes to uh, seven, and uh, Alex says uh, uh, Invincible, which he had yesterday, Invincible Ridge, one. Yeah, get to the good stuff, Steve. Come on. So, the tote return, £3.60, profit £1.60. Today we're racing at... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And what happened to my horse? I have no idea. What, what, was, what was it called? I can't remember. 
Oh, I can't remember either. <laughs> no, come no on. Idea. What happened? What happened, Steve? Uh, graceful descent. That's it. Did descend? No. Sorry? No, it what? didn't. What? It, des- it descended at a rate, if it descended. Yeah, it, it did. I mean, it, it sort of it went over the finish line and it was first and that was okay. And uh, and how much did it win? Uh, £2.80. Well, that's better than Alex. <laughs> well, wouldn't really call it a win. It's a winner. Really. A win's a win, Steve. Yeah, a win's a win. Yeah, okay. So it's a winner. All right. Yeah. So your total loss is eighty-one pounds eighty-eight. Chipping away. Yeah, chipping away. Well, his his profits fifty-six pounds eighteen. Right. Okay. Fifty. He's got fifty-six pounds in his pocket. You you've got minus 80, eighty-one pounds eighty-eight. This isn't helping the esteem, the self-esteem here. You well, know, you're not you're not building up. I'm trying to fire you up. It's a bit difficult. Well, I was, you know, I was happy about it. I was pleased. Yeah. You know, a, a two pound win to me Happened is so uh, rare. Exactly, <laughs> that'll do for the week. <laughs> better that'll not do for do. the month. Better not, John. I'm looking for something a bit a bit better today. Actually, he, he's off to Kempton, hmm. the seven ten for Baralaka. Baralaka. A bit like boom shakalaka. <laughs> Only this is Baralaka. Baralaka. That sounds like <laughs> something you put in your hair. I think. Yeah. Is it? Oh, I don't know. Kempton, Yarmouth, Sedgefield and Leicester are the four race meetings. Uh, and we're going to Leicester, the 7.50 at Leicester. Take 10. Take 10. Take 10. Hey, take 10. Take 10. Oh, I like the sound of that. It's good. Hopefully he doesn't finish 10th. Yes. No, how many are running, do we know? Probably yeah, about 10, I should 11. think. <laughs> 11, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Didn't finish last. OK, well, uh, I'm, I'm expecting another winner tomorrow. We'll go for a win. We're Excellent. Way. OK, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. There he goes. Um, Steve, you must watch Home Alone. I've never laughed so much. The kid is fantastic, says Jan in Peckham. Home Alone, never heard of that. Is that any good? Is that a funny film? Uh, something Christmassy, in the snow in Lapland with strawberries and Christmas carols. And Lynn says, morning, Steve. With all the recent success of the Pound Shop, our small local shop is now called the Pound Plus Store. Which is a good idea. I like that idea of the Pound Plus Store. Oh, Jedward's new show starts uh, tonight on ITV2. This is where the two... Not particularly bright boys uh, are leaving home and seeing if they can fend for themselves. Unfortunately, the house that they were put in—it's already been filmed and they've finished and gone on their way. Uh, they caused ten thousand pounds worth of damage because they jump on furniture and and they're not—they're just—they're just showing off. I can't believe they're eighteen. They must be very immature eighteens. But they're here uh, to show for the first time as they leave home how they cook, clean, and fend for themselves without mummy's help. They're 18. I can understand if they were 15, but not at 18. Goodness sake, it's ridiculous. Steve says, help an army officer's moved into my WC. He's a lieutenant. And to make matters worse, my evening class woodwork teacher has left to form a splinter group. Oh, we've got them all now, aren't we? I'll tell you, if, uh, if everybody's listening today who saves these things, they're there. Uh, green flag could be your roadside provider, says Peter in Rotherhithe. I should try, I should look, actually. I shall, I sh- I shall have a look. Um, 84850, Steve at LBC dot co dot uk and uh, wonderful to hear, you, hear your voice says lily i'm here at work late in orlando it's it's one thirty a.m and i've been here since nine o'clock yesterday morning anyway sam and i miss you and hope you're doing well you sound wonderful come and visit us in florida because uh, sam and uh, lily we we knew them before they were married we knew them before and they came over to england all the way from florida because they've been listening to the program and they came in and they sat in we're in a different studio now oh crikey Three times as big. Three times as big, Lily. Three times. Really nice. Anyway, lovely to hear. Oh, yes, we nearly forgot about Darren, who's off doing photography today. Morning, Darren. Morning to you. Great to hear your voice. Uh, great to hear you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for remembering me. Lovely to work with you again. <laughs> yes. Photography this week. Um, <laughs> lots of photographic exhibitions on in London at the moment. Wolfgang mm. Tillman. His exhibition finishes this weekend down at the Serpentine Gallery in Kensington Gardens. 
It's actually a very good exhibition. Mm. If you like your uh, photography to be funny or rude, oh, I don't, or banal, I don't like rude. Or, well, not for the easily offended. Oh, right, okay. So, uh, but quite enjoyable nonetheless. As I said, that finishes on Sunday. And don't forget that cafe next door to the uh, Serpentine Gallery. It's a great big red one this year. The last couple of weeks of that before they take it all down. Lovely. Nice. Uh, trip to Tame Modern. You haven't been there recently, have you? I haven't, and I don't intend going either. You know, I don't like Tate Modern. Why do people ask me about Tate Modern? It's fantastic. I can't bear it. I like... I'm traditional. You know, in the National Gallery in, you know, Trafalgar Square and the Portrait Gallery, yeah, but not Tate Modern. I can't do it. We've got until 3rd of October to see Exposed, Voyeurism, Surveillance and the Camera. An exhibition that looks at the, uh... looks at people being sort of snooping into the lives of the rich and the famous and the ordinary as well. Do you remember that programme on the telly? It was called... Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah, and you were in that, weren't you? I was in it, yes. I, I was boy the, to someone. That's right, I was very... Mm. It was Robin Leach, I think, who used to do it, and go round and show you what rich people's houses look like. I thought, well, they look just the same as Mater and Pater's. I couldn't understand why somebody <laughs> would be interested in looking at a programme like this. It was great fun, well, though. If you, if, well, if you want to snoop into the lives of the Rich and Famous, it's on until the 3rd of October. Oh, wow. Sally Mann, probably one of the most controversial of all time... She's the one who uh, uh, documented the lives of her children in most beautiful photographs, but is always getting in trouble with um, all sorts of critics. Her first solo show in the UK is on at the Photographer's Gallery down at Oxford Circus until the 19th of September. Then that's closing for the rest of the year while they do the re- renovations. They're going to see that as well. Right. And uh, do you remember a magazine that uh, closed in 1988 called New Society? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, well, they've dug out some of the very fantastic photographs from uh, that magazine and they're on show at the V&A um, for the next few weeks. It's called The Other Britain Revisited. I love the V&A. V&A is wonderful. It is good, isn't it? It is. I mean, whatever you do, you know, go and visit the V&A because it's free. Yeah. It's free. I mean, you, you know, they, they ask you for a donation. You don't have to pay. If you haven't got any money, then you don't give a donation. But it's just wonderful, the stuff that we've got. Stuff they've got, yeah, but but we own it, don't we? I think it's part of our. Well, our not collection. all of it. There's the the Raphael cartoons are uh, lent by the Queen. Yeah, but it's only because she's got nowhere to hang them at the moment. Right. <laughs> so it's a case of I'm going to lend them to you because, to be honest with you, I mean they're they're so big these paintings. Yeah. Where would you put them? Let's hope she doesn't have a strop. I want them back. Yes, well, I've changed right, my then, mind. Then... We're putting them in the loo. <laughs> <laughs> they're about fifty feet by thirty or something. How they get them in there, I've got no idea. Presumably they must take them out the frames, <coughs> excuse me, roll them up and then, then deliver them. I'm sending a bike to collect them. Mm. I want them back. Yes. No, I don't think she's got any room. No, she, of course she has. There's no room to put these things up, but they do look lovely. No. When you go in and see them, you think, wow. Yeah. Very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. So, yes, lots, if you're into photography, lots to go and see. Lovely. That's what we like. Okay, so some recommendations there. Thank you. You're back on uh, Friday. Petri's back as well. Petri's back on Friday after her yeah. social. Because well, she's back. Back all week at the moment. That's right. It's, it's bank holiday weekend, of course. Which means.
means it's Notting Hill Carnival. Hooray. Oh, of course. I've forgotten about Notting Hill Carnival. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, of course, if we'd been in the last building, it was a nightmare. The road at the back was just littered with glass because all the people on the floats, which used to assemble in the morning, would sort of just throw their bottles on the floor and everything else. And then, of an evening time, I remember leaving, oh, my goodness me, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I never, I've never seen the Notting Hill Carnival in my life. I've oh, lived I in have. London for so many years, all I've ever seen is on the television. I do it once, that's all. Yeah, you don't want to do it twice, do you? <laughs> no, you don't. I, think, although, I don't quite people, understand. I don't, I don't understand, understand why people, people want to do it. I know, why would you no, want to go there? Absolutely. I really don't. I know people live in London, they go, oh, the Notting Hill Carnival. You go, every year we have to say to people, don't take any money, don't take jewellery, you know, try and make sure you're well behaved. If you see any trouble, just avoid it, keep walking, go somewhere else. But d- the one thing you mustn't take is loads of flashy jewellery because there'll be people who relieve you of it. And you go down there and there's a lot of very unhygienic stalls selling some food. <laughs> and that's all I can tell you. I don't know what sort of licences they have down there. I think many of them don't have any licences at all. But it's nice for the floats. But I don't know whether the streets of Notting Hill are too small for it now. They need to put it in a in a park somewhere. So stick it yeah, in a park. Oh, no, I think somewhere in Scotland would be quite nice. Scotland. Now, that's yeah, defeating the object. Now, I think you could put it in Hyde Park, around the... No, uh, by Speaker's they've Corner. Got lot, they've got lots of room in Scotland. Miles have, of empty Loch Ness <laughs> is fairly big. You could have it floating <laughs> across Loch Ness. <laughs> Or Twickenham. <laughs> I think move it to Twickenham. That's enough. Off you go. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Darren's back with us on Friday. Actually, I'm just looking at that woman. It's much clearer when you see the woman and the cat. Here she goes, picking it up by the scruff. No, she's lifting up the lid of the bin. It's quite amazing to watch, isn't it, really? And then up goes the cat and then drop. She throws it in the bin. She literally drops it in the bin. Oh, you're going to be in so much trouble, lady. So much trouble. Anyway, so Darren's back Friday with Petri. Back with us on Sunday. On Monday which is the bank holiday, um, Michael Flatley, between seven and eight. They're currently twiddling about with it. We think we might auto-tune him. I don't know, I haven't quite decided yet. Shall we auto-tune Michael Flatley? And I'm here between eight and ten. And that's for... Uh, did Michael Flatley show me any moves? I d- my opening question, I think, to him was, God, you're fit. I mean, he does, he does look, I mean, incredibly fit. And strangely enough, yesterday I was, I was sort of in one of my let's... let's you know, get a bit of excitement going. So I put on Lord of the Dance. I went on to YouTube and I was going to do some Irish dancing. I thought, it's so good. But it just looks wonderful when you've got loads and loads of dancers all on the stage, all doing exactly the same thing. It was very, very impressive. So you can catch Michael, who's back on tour again with Lord of the Dance. And he's going to be with me on Bank Holiday Monday between 7 and 8. Between 8 and 10, uh, we're here. And we shall cram loads of things in, because it's like the bank holiday, you know, there's like fun fairs. And... Actually, there must be fun fairs around, mustn't there? Must be fun fair and the Notting Hill Carnival, which I think runs the Sunday and the Monday. So you get Sunday, which I think is Young People's Day, and then Monday, which is woo, and whistles, and and all that kind of stuff, and jerk chicken, and corn on the cob, like you've never seen it before. And uh, and I guarantee you, the next day, on, on Tuesday, there will be a picture of a very large black lady dancing with a policeman's helmet on her head. It's the same black lady who goes every year to Nottingham Carnival, and every year, the police try and look as though they're really enjoying themselves, so they give her the helmet, she puts it on, and she dances around them. OK? I know, because I know this woman. I know this woman very well, and I also know the policeman. And every year he goes there, and every year he hands over his policeman's helmet. It's the same woman and the same policeman. In fact, the uh, the picture is about 30 years old, and both of them have passed on. But uh, we still use the picture and go, it's the Notting Hill Carnival. So there you go. News headline. Morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Let me get Nick's with you after the news at 7 this morning. Airplane, 30 years on, is it the funniest film ever made? No.
That's only my opinion. Apparently, though, uh, Ian Freer, the assistant editor of Empire magazine, will say, yes, it is. There must be loads of funny films. Off the top of your head, you'll, you'll have to start racking your brain now because you know that Nick will ask you. He'll be saying, you know, what is, what is the funniest film? And you'll be coming up and going, oh, yeah, that was quite funny, wasn't it? Some, depending on how old you are, you'll be going back to the Three Stooges and stuff like that. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of films out, but I don't know what makes the funniest film ever. Were, were the Bob Hope films the funniest films ever? Was Home Alone the funniest film? Was Airplane the fun- I don't think I don't think, actually, that Airplane was the, the funniest one. I don't think so, anyway. Although, off the top of my head at the moment, I've had a complete... Pl- I can think of films that make me cry. I can't think of films. Elf is not a funny film. It's not funny, it's just sad. Don't keep saying... She's obsessed with Elf. I've just completed making my advent calendar, says Helen. Well, not made, more like improved. A wooden house-shaped calendar with drawers, sold by Tesco for five quid last year, bargain. It's all twinkly and so Christmassy. Goodness knows how many clear gems I've stuck on it. I'd love to send you a picture, but not sure how to do it via the LBC website. Can't wait. Love, love, love your show. Get up at stupid o'clock and you make me laugh out loud like a mad woman. You haven't just dropped a cat in the bin, have you, by any chance? I'm just wondering about this. When people say they're a mad woman, I just wonder. And I write a silly blog about my two soft monkey toys called Monkey and Daryl. Right, you you are a bit of a worry to me now. We are, in fact, calling the police. We've decided it's gone too far. <laughs> you write a blog. Actually, I like the story. I always worry, you know, whenever you hear banks, and somebody was saying to me, in fact, Jess was telling me, a friend of hers went online to go to her bank account and uh, discovered somebody had emptied it. Completely gone. <laughs> Nothing in there. And it's, it's, I said, it's a bit like a scene from, from a film where you go on and you think, I've got this much money. And there's just, wait a minute, the screen's just gone blank. There's nothing in there. And uh, I've got an online account. So technically, I'm not even sure where my branch is. I think, it's, I think it's probably out of London somewhere. But we do everything online. I don't need to visit the branch. I don't know why you need to visit a branch now. You can do everything over the telephone. You can arrange a loan, you can get car insurance, well, I can, and you can get all sorts of things, and we can transfer money about. But the one thing I've got on my account, and I think it's on a number of banks now, I don't think HSBC have got it, I'm not entirely sure, is when you go online, uh, they, give you, they send you a little machine, it looks like a little credit card machine, and you put your card in, and it generates a number. And you cannot transfer things out without having these numbers. And an HSBC, they don't have it. And when they have refunded the person the money that they lost from their account, but when asked, will you be doing the same system as everybody else has got, they went, well, we're looking into it. Because fraud on the internet to take your money is huge. I mean, it's just absolutely... You know, you hear of people being robbed at cash points, and, and you hear of people doing these things. My, my advice is, if you're standing in a... Ca- I don't like anybody getting behind me at a cash point. So I make sure if I'm using a cash point, I'm the only one there. I don't want to queue up. I don't want because they might invade my space and they put them in the most inopportune places. And uh, was it the story we were telling you of... Who was the person who did it? Anyway, the old trick from the fraudsters is to wait till you put your card in, tapped in, and then push the money thing. And then they go, excuse me, is that your, your tenor on the floor? When you bend down to pick it, they grab your card and the money and you've lost both. Plus, they've also noticed you tapping in a number because it's not difficult. Uh, what, a f- what a friend did, and I can't remember who this was, was somebody went, excuse me, is that your tenor down there? And without taking his eyes or her eyes off the machine, went, yes, put her foot on it, took her money in the car, bent down, picked up the tenor and walked off. <laughs> so managed to get their £10. So they, they were down on the deal. But uh, here is somebody who lost uh, a lot of money, a bank clerk. Unfortunately, this is somebody from the, uh, the NatWest. And... Um, 
she gave her boyfriend inside information. He raided it and got £371,000. Rachel Sharia Naomi wept at Leeds Crown Court as she was found guilty of robbery. Her boyfriend, William, and accomplices, Darren and David, previously admitted robbery, all four will be sentenced in September. So they've gone through and found guilty. So that's it. Because that's it. you often wonder how people get into... And you think, how is that possible? It's this, this Van Gogh, Van Gogh picture at the moment, isn't it? Has it been stolen? Has it not been stolen? Did it come back? Did it not come back? The answer is, no, it didn't come back. It was just in, incorrect information. But the picture has actually gone. Uh, here she is, Charlotte Church. My gosh, she's got no idea what to wear, poor soul, has she? And uh, old Char is out at uh, the V Festival, hanging around with her rumoured new fellow. Oh, so it wasn't the V Festival, it was the Green Man in uh, South Wales. It's nice when you can go out and get a can and a tinny and all the rest of it, isn't it? And uh, enjoy yourself. But she's really got no sense of uh, <coughs> fashion at all. Uh, a jeweller fobbed off a widow with a cheap locket, despite telling her they were made from her late husband's wedding ring. When Pauline Ward's husband, Stephen, died in October, she paid a local jeweller £310 to melt down his ring and make a locket for each of her two daughters. Pauline only realised the deception when she spotted identical lockets whilst out shopping. She said, and her daughter said, we thought we were wearing something special. David Nid, the jeweller, said the incident was the result of a genuine mix-up, but admitted the offence and accepted a caution. Watch it when you go and you hand over something. If it's a keepsake, and they come back... I mean, he quite clearly didn't even bother melting them down. They just, well, they did something with it, and just fobbed them off with two other ones. That's in Derbyshire. You don't think that would happen over here, do you, in London? Yep, absolutely do. Absolutely do. Uh, more in the paper, we love Sue Carroll. And Sue is talking about uh, whatever you think. Channel 4 has scraped the bottom of the barrel and um, they've discovered all sorts of things. Beauty and the Beast, not exactly the Disney love story of the same name, but a series in which a very attractive person will share a house with someone who suffers from a severe physical disfigurement. And this apparently is a television programme on Channel 4. Oh, whoopee-doo. How wonderful. Uh, when racing driver Ben Collins was asked if he was the mystery man in the visor on Top Gear, he said, I can't speak to you, I'm going into a tunnel. Will he emerge as the Stig? Only time would... I mean, to be honest with you, I can't imagine why anybody's remotely interested. Remotely interested. Um, Channel 4 planned to start shooting this uh, dreadful programme, incidentally, with a, a physically disabled person and uh, somebody else uh, very, very shortly. It must be absolutely desperate. I thought it was bad enough when you've got uh, Big Brother, which they're dragging on and dragging on. Here is this... Um, fooling of uh, of a couple now they were they were hoodwinked they got a a phone call from somebody claiming that he was their son and he'd been jailed in Colombia on a suspected drugs charge and he needed 225 pounds to secure his release the email said it's getting pretty scary if i don't give them 350 dollars i'm going to have to spend a few months in jail if i'm lucky i'll then be deported so can you help me mum I got one very similar to this a short while ago, which claimed to be somebody I know, but it didn't have my name at the top of it, saying, oh, hi, you're the only one I can turn to. I'm out here, stuck in Spain, you know, need some money because we've got this and that, and somebody's in hospital. Can you, can you wire me over a 1000 and I'll pay you back as soon as... And I thought, well, of course I'll do it for you straight away. <laughs> Not. But I wrote back and said I would, you know, because it kind of makes their day. And anyway, luckily here, the gap year student, John, Josh Hogg, phoned his parents, Gavin and Vera... Not Gavin and Vera again. Uh, before they sent the fraudsters any money, Gavin said, I couldn't believe it when Josh called. In my mind, he was in prison. Luckily, 40 minutes... 
before we were due to transfer the money, he phoned. He thinks that his account details were stolen after he used a web cafe. The advice is be careful. The advice this morning is shop around for your car insurance, as I did mine yesterday and managed to save myself a cool £500. And because normally I'd have paid the blooming thing. It's only because I thought last year, I'm sure I only paid six fifty, And this year to go up to £1,119 was just taking the Michael a little bit. So shopped around and got it down quite considerably. So now I'm with another insurance company. So uh, let that be a lesson to insurance companies. We have the power to move. And if I get another quote next year and it's from something, I'll go back onto the internet and chase it up again. That's it. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget to podcast and to uh, read the blog and to check out all the lovely stuff on the LBC website, which I'm sure you will do. We'll see you tomorrow at five. Nick and the team with you after the news at seven this morning here on LBC 97.3. Before that, and it looks like the sun is actually going to come out, which is good news. Here's the business update with Sam Pittis.